Welcome to the latest podcast in the Workplace series from the People Mentor, Nicola Richardson. Hi, welcome to the latest podcast from Nicola at the People Mentor. Today, we're interviewing Trisha Barker, whose business is the Imposter Syndrome Solution. Welcome, Trisha. Thanks for having me, Nicola. Ah, I'm really looking forward to talking to you. I'm sure this is going to be really interesting. So tell us a bit about your business first. What is it and how long has it been going? Yeah, so I started my business just over three years ago and it is the imposter syndrome solution, which you said. Mm -hmm. So I specialize in coaching um, people specifically around the subject of imposter syndrome. That's what I specialize in. But I also, part of my business, I do career coaching, I do mentoring in the workplace um, and I also do psychometrics that help with um, in recruitment, in talent development, and yes, I think that's everything. Mm. Yeah, the psychometric testing sounds very interesting. Um, do you, do you have a particular um, supplier for that one, or? Yeah, so I use two, uh, but there's one that is my favourite. I've got to say, so I use SHL and I use DISC. All right. Um, but DISC is my favourite. When I discovered that about four years ago, mm-hmm. you know, I've worked in corporate for like twenty odd years, so I've, I've come across so many psychometrics over the years Mm. but I think disc is by far my favorite Mm. what about yourself yeah I I about two years ago I had a disc profile um completed because I was struggling with a manager at the time yeah um and it was really um enlightening and I changed my whole approach and we got on far better then yeah so I, think really that's the, I think that's the great thing about DISC is, you know, it helps you to understand yourself. More importantly, it helps you to understand other people and mm. how to interact with those people. I get clients coming to me who are having, just like you, Nicola, having real difficulties with a line manager and think, you know, they're starting to doubt themselves because of the way that the manager's being. Mm. As soon as we do a DISC, within a couple of weeks, Nicola, they're starting to turn that relationship around because they're realizing that actually they've just got different styles. Yeah. As soon as you start, like you say, to adapt the way that you are behaving with that manager, things can absolutely turn around in that relationship. So I think that's why I love it more than anything. Yeah. No. The psychometrics tell you who you are, but this one tells you, well, yeah, this is who you are, but how, how can you have good relationships with other people? No, I agree. Uh, Interestingly, um, I was talking to a colleague um, who had done a a workshop on cats and dogs. Oh, wow. (laughs) Um, I'll have to send you the link after. Yeah, do. Um, Because it was all about how dogs are very upbeat. They use upward motions with their hands. Um, They're very lively. They'll give you all the detail. Um, And this is if I'm remembering it right. And the and the cats are very calm. Their palms will be down when they when they're talking, when they're gesticulating. Yeah. Um, And they they like um, to to the point preciseness um and it said they she said that they'd been told in their workshop that 99 percent of senior leaders are actually cats yeah and i went oh that's why they always look at me gone out when i do a presentation <laughs> you, know, you have to swap yeah where you are 
depend on you know read the signs and then swap to whatever you need to be and get good at that and then she said then you will see a difference yeah because I tried it with somebody who I hadn't I'd been struggling with and wow it worked so it's a yeah thing oh so, fab. yeah I'd love to look at that yeah I'll send you it afterwards so what made you start your business um, I'd been in the corporate world for over 20 years and progressed throughout my career in HR. Mm-hmm. And whilst I loved, you know, having that people aspect in the role, the one thing that I didn't do, I, I went into that role to help people and I felt like actually I was more helping an organization. Yeah. I'd moved away what my value was about helping people and because I was feeling lost in my career I went and got some help with a career coach um, I was really doubting myself my imposter syndrome was really high at the time um, yeah. although I, I wasn't actually self-aware to understand that's what it was at the time I just knew wow. that I was really unfulfilled in my role I'd lost my confidence I'd lost my way mm-hmm. and I knew that something needed to change and before I project it out that everything outside needed to change but then I realized actually it was me that needed to change Mm. so once I went there Nicola and got some help with that it was like well what can I do next and that's what attracted me to the the difference that coaching did for me I thought well how can I do that with other people Mm. so I went and retrained and then decided you know I have to make the choice do I stay in the rat race do I compromise the work-life balance or do I actually go and do something do I take the leap of faith and go and do something Mm. that actually really sets my heart alight so Mm. yeah I just decided to make the leap (laughs) and and I can understand that about the work-life um side because if if you do both then you you just got almost no existence have you You, then then you'll lose your passion so and when you work in corporate there is no such thing you you know you my family and my friends used to say to me you know can you not switch off and do you have to go there and it's really difficult because you can't once you're in there mm. you know, you've got to give all those hours and you've got to give all of that that's um, right part of you otherwise you know it doesn't work so I just I just wanted more out of life I wanted more flexibility I wanted a dog I'd wanted one for years yeah. um, and I knew if I stayed in the corporate world that just wasn't possible. So I was moving away from everything that I dreamed that I wanted in life mm-hmm. and I just thought, no, now's the time and what's the worst that can happen? Mm, exactly. If it doesn't yeah. work, I'll go and get another job. Yeah, well, that's it, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. It. yeah. So sometimes it's worth taking these chances, I think. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah. So, what skills did you bring um, from your biz- from your previous roles into your business? Oh, quite a few, I would say. But I think the the two biggest ones that I would say is tenacity, because um, right. you probably know as well when you're starting a new business. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's not as easy as, uh, we like to think it is, um, the resilience to keep going, even when, you know, you, you feel like you can't see a way forward, but definitely as well, building relationships is something that I would always say I've been good at and fostering those relationships and also problem solving. I've always been somebody both in business and in my personal life, that mm-hmm. when people have got problems, they always come to me. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm good at coming up with creative solutions yeah. and thinking differently about things. Mm. And I think that's a, a 
brilliant uh, skill set to have as well. Yeah. Uh, I, I think I think one of my skill sets would be I actually take actions um, and that I used to be known for the person they would go to to get things moving because they knew then it would happen. And yeah. I think I've taken that skill set into my business now. So, yeah, I think it's really interesting, the skill sets, the main ones that you, you take across and how helpful it is. So, yeah, that's really good. And it is. It's, I like that, the way that you look at it, Nicola, because I remember when I first left HR and I was starting a new business, and other business owners may feel like this it's like you're starting from scratch Mm. but actually you're not you're bringing all of this knowledge and experience and skills with you that you're you're not starting from a you know a low point that's right that's right so what I did when I first started was did a um, personal swap when I was trying to work out what I was going to do and sometimes I would go back and read that just to keep myself going and well they they were the strengths I identified um, and they're there in abundance so why am I worrying just keep going so yeah Yeah. you're right I don't have the job title anymore but I brought the skills with me so I'm all right (laughs) yeah exactly yeah um, so, so you you concentrate on the imposter syndrome. So, how rife yeah. do you think that is in in the UK and other parts of the world? Um, well, research says you know seven out of ten people will experience this at some point. Mm. Um, now, there was a survey done last year in the UK, mm. and you know again it was it was around the seventy percent. So. Yeah, I'd say seven out of 10 people. From my experience, I think it is, most people do suffer with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think just the intensity may differ. So some people may have some of the characteristics and it's, it's not affecting them in their life and it may crop up and disappear. Mm. The people who've got the medium and high level of intensity, where it starts to affect the way that you feel, it starts to affect the way that you think, mm. and it actually is affecting the way that you behave. So, mm. it's, so what, it's really funny because a lot of people say to me, oh, I don't think that's me. And then when we start to talk about it, they say, oh, no, I, actually, mm. I, do, I do think I've got a little bit of imposter syndrome. So what sort of um, symptoms would you see as a result of imposter syndrome? There's so many different ones that you mm. can see. Um, I think some of the things that I recognize in my clients um, and also that I noticed in myself is that I was constantly holding myself back from opportunities. Mm. Um, other people could see in me what I couldn't see in myself. Mm-hmm. I would doubt my abilities and therefore would not put myself forward. Mm. I wouldn't speak up in meetings. Um, if people praise me, I would really struggle to recognize that and accept mm-hmm. it. You know, I would push it away. Um, I would hate to be criticized because that would validate the way that I felt about myself. Oh, yeah. I, I would think, <laughs> yeah, I would think I don't belong here. I don't fit in. Who am I to do this? Mm. Um, so there's lots of different ways. Um, I've actually got a questionnaire that I get people to fill in because mm-hmm. Like I say, some people don't think they do, and then they fill in the questionnaire and they say, oh, wow, yeah, yeah. I, like score, I score really high on a lot of these things. I can, I can think back and how I often didn't feel like I fitted in. Yeah. Um, and, oh, I, I dreaded team away days and, uh, oh, we've got to do a, go out for a meal, and I, I just feel like I was so lonely in the middle of it all. Yeah, surrounded by people but feeling quite lonely. I yeah. definitely. 
I definitely felt that. And yeah. mine wasn't even a weird is. Mine would be, I would be going into a meeting mm. and, and I would have to, you know, speak up in that meeting and I would be petrified about mm. getting it wrong. Um, if I said the wrong thing, mm. and they would all think that, who's she? She's not capable of this. Because I didn't believe I was capable. So I was waiting for other people to validate what mm. I thought. So yeah, it was a horrible feeling. It is. It's a dreadful feeling. Yeah. So would you say it's prevalent in one gender more than another? Um, no. Now, interestingly, the survey that was done in the UK last year Actually, 66% were female and 56% were men. So right. when it was first coined the phrase back in 1974, they did think it was about women. Mm. From my experience, actually both men and women do experience it. Mm-hmm. What I think the difference is, is women are more able to articulate and are more happy to talk about their feelings. Mm. Definitely. Therefore, I think that's why we see more you know we hear more women talking about it mm. but I, I don't think it you know it disappears and men don't have it because I've had clients come to me mm. work with me about it so yeah I think it, it does cover both genders I just think maybe it does affect women slightly more than men and I think that can be to do with our upbringing yeah yeah um but definitely I just think as women we're just I think we find it easier to talk about things yeah I think sometimes we do. I think you're right. Although hopefully times are changing uh, and we are seeing a shift, but yeah. it takes a long time when you've got a culture where men always have to have the stiff upper lip, doesn't it, to, to then change that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, it is going back even for ourselves to go back and look at, you know, what were we told and is that still helpful and do we still have to believe it? Because mm. That's the only way we can start to change the way that we feel about ourselves. You start to challenge some of the programming that we've got and we've been given mm. throughout our childhood, which I don't think it was ever given to us from a place of malice. No, not at um, all. But we've got to go back and challenge that and change it. Yeah, no, I think you're right. So what three top tips would you give anyone struggling with imposter syndrome? Wow, choosing my top three. (laughs) I hate when I have to choose these things. Yeah, I would say the first thing is, and this isn't a tip, but it's the awareness. Like for the majority of my career, I suffered with imposter syndrome, but I never knew what it was because I never took the time to reflect about how am I behaving, what are my thoughts, how am I feeling. So I think the first thing is being aware of is this affecting you, and then I think some things to move forward is one is definitely I call it finding your fraud squad Mm -hmm. and this is finding people who when you're having a wobble about yourself and your abilities Mm. or you've had a situation where you're feeling shamed Mm. find someone you can call Mm. because Mm. imposter syndrome thrives on isolation so the more you hold on to it the more you hide it the more you put on your mask and pretend everything's okay it breeds Mm. And it gets bigger and bigger. As soon as you start to talk about it, it doesn't have the same hold on you. So Mm. find those people that you trust because they have to be people you trust and who have empathy and who will just listen to you and maybe just give you that space just to put it out in the open. Because I know definitely when I still get it now, if I speak to one of my people who are one of my fraud squad, immediately, as soon as I'm talking about it, 
I'm discounting it already because it's coming out. It's not festering. Yeah, I think you're so right. I think it makes a huge difference. I'm quite lucky that my husband actually is really great at, at oh, putting everything wow. in perspective. Um, and I also have a daughter that that has the same tactics as well. Yeah. She'll, she'll, we'll, we'll phone each other up. When she's having a, a, a day where she thinks that she's oh, you know, I'm not really as good as I think I am with what yeah. I do. She'll, she'll, phone, she'll phone up and we'll have a conversation and put it and put it into perspective. So I think it's really helpful, isn't it? It is really. I've got a friend who she just left me one just 10 minutes before we started to do this. And as she's talking, she said, I'm giving myself my own advice. It's OK. <laughs> you don't need to call me back. Now that I'm actually saying this out loud, I know I'm, I'm actually mentoring myself through this, <laughs> yeah, which is brilliant. Sense. Yeah, it is. So yeah. that's number one. Number two is one of the things that um, people with imposter syndrome really struggle to acknowledge their achievements. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is something that it's, it's like building a muscle and their muscles are really weak on recognizing their achievements. Mm-hmm. So I would say one of the things is start to every day, just at the end of each day, just literally write down three achievements that you did that day mm-hmm. and start to build a muscle to recognize. And it's not the big stuff. You know, when I, when I ask people to look for achievements, they're always looking for the big things like, oh, I've had a child or I've done a degree or I've run a marathon. You know, and it, it actually, they're like the outcome of the little things that you do. Mm-hmm. So it's just starting to build that muscle so that you recognize just how bloody good you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very true. True. And then number three is just watch your thoughts. You know, we have sixty to seventy thousand thoughts each day, wow. and, they, and they reckon around eighty to ninety percent of those are negative and repetitive. Oh. Um, so if we want to change the way that we think about ourselves, because really imposter syndrome is just a perception about ourselves, and actually it's not normally validated from anything external. We don't have any evidence to back it up. Mm. So we have to start to watch those things that we say to ourselves and start to challenge the way that we think. We don't have to believe everything we think mm. and actually start to have a little bit of a debate and an argument with it mm. and tell yeah. it to shut up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, oh, they're great tips. Thank you for that. I hope anybody listening finds them useful. I'm sure they will. And so what's the biggest lesson that you've learned since you've been in business? Oh, the biggest one for me is to be working at your own pace. It's so easy to look around and see what everyone else is doing and what they're building and Mm. fall into that comparisonitis, which is another symptom of imposter syndrome. Mm. It's just recognize that you've just got to go at your own pace, whatever works for you, Mm. and, and keep your eyes in your own lane. Don't worry about what everyone else is doing, I would say. Mm, I love that yeah and I think that's so true and I think because I think one of the things that I've struggled with is trying to do too much and then actually diluting the effect yeah so as you say keep your eyes in your own lane and just concentrate on working at a steady pace and embedding what you're doing makes a huge difference doesn't it yeah definitely and you know you can't compare your business to someone else's because you've actually got no idea what's going on in there so yeah just keeping your eyes in your own lane for me Mm. it's really helped me Mm, I like that (laughs) thank you for that one (laughs) you're welcome and so what's the biggest challenge you face since being in business that's really hard to get over or to move forward or 
I'd say the one that really surprised me, Nicola, was the feeling of loneliness. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I am in my disc profile. I am supposed to be around people. Mm-hmm. I am motivated more by being part of a team. So I knew when I started my own business that mm-hmm. I was going against some of my personality style, but it was something I really wanted to do. Yeah. What I didn't realize was sometimes how isolating and lonely I can feel in my mm-hmm. business. Um, you know, and just making sure that I take the steps that I don't spend too much time on my own because actually when I feel like I'm feeling lonely and isolated, I'm not being creative. I'm, I'm not being my best self. And therefore, even if I take myself to work in a coffee shop or yeah. a co-working space, yeah. I've got to go and, and top up that personality that I need to be around people. Mm, and I can understand that one definitely because that's partly why I love going into teams and actually sort of absorbing the energy that's going on there and the creativity Um, um, I went into one on Monday and it was such a buzz um, it just lifted me up so that was really great so yeah because I was doing a lot of one-to-one work which is great but most of it's online so I would do the calls and then I'd be back in my own space so even Mm seeing people virtually I still didn't feel like I had that one-to-one in real life connection so like you I have been going into businesses doing workshops and I love it Mm. I forgot how much actually I love being parts of groups and teams Mm. and um, yeah you just need that reminder every now and then but that's the thing that surprised me was how lonely I can feel from time to time Mm. it is a lot better because I recognize it now and I make sure I don't spend much time on my own, but I did go through a period of time that I didn't recognize it. So do you go networking at all to also give you a sort of fix of people? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's finding the right networking Mm. for um, ones that feel that they're aligned to me and my business type and my values. Um, But yeah, definitely. I really look forward to those. Mm. funnily enough yeah I think I've been quite through a learning curve recently and um, I I like going to networking events providing they are small and yeah. people are genuinely interested in each other and I had had a recent several experiences of going in where it was sell 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 and it just completely switched me off but they were the bigger events so that's what made you know that's why I've come to the conclusion it's got to be the smaller ones where you can actually get to know people because I do think that's yeah. vital. I think you know I had the same thing Nicola. I used to say I hate networking I hate networking mm. And what it was, I just hadn't found a networking group that I enjoyed going to because like you, they felt really salesy. Mm. Like, you know, people were looking through you. What do you do? Oh, I don't, oh no, I don't need that. So they move on to the next person. (laughs) For me, I just want to go and build relationships and make Mm. those connections. And it's not really about the sales. That will come later, if at Mm. all. Um, I just do it for that whole social element. And I really really benefit from it so yeah love mm. now i like networking okay, we're not nearer one another than we oh i know <laughs> you never know we might yeah. pass, pass, pass each other's cross uh ooh, cross yeah. each other's paths at some point you never know do you you so, never know so uh interesting one here i get lots of different answers so how do you define success and what do you think makes someone successful yeah this is a really interesting <laughs> one so i think society sort of 
imprints onto us and we're from a very early age told what success means and we can fall into the trap of following that path but I think for me success is whatever makes someone feel happy Mm-hmm. and makes them feel fulfilled every day so some people that might be the career other people it's their family I think it's whatever works for you and whatever fills you up mm. um, I know definitely that in my corporate career um, whilst I was successful I was so unhappy mm. whereas now my definition is you know is my life full of joy do I enjoy what I'm doing mm. um, it's not so much about the outcome you know, and the results of my business of do I enjoy what I do? So that for me is successful. Getting to walk my dog every day, mm. that's success to me. It's the small things that, you know, it's, I think it's, we've all got to redefine what success means because yeah, if we're, if we're on that track for what society says, that's why so many people are unhappy because mm. they're doing why. something that they don't want to do yeah. because they think that's what they should be doing. And, I have this thing that we just shouldn't be shooting all over ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think and I think that's why we're seeing an increase in mental health illness. Yeah, and I the do. Pressures, pressures of everyday life. I yeah. just think social media adds to it. Um, just the demands. It's, it's quite frightening, really. But. It is. But I think definitely that whole definition of success. And, and again, when you were young, what, what was success to you? You know, if you've got parents who wanted you to be successful and following their path and then you're doing a path because that's what they want you to do and it's not what you, you haven't got that alignment. Mm. And I think it's hard sometimes to step away and think, you know, I, I, I literally sent um, some journaling questions to a client yesterday and one of them was to sit down and work out what does success mean to you? Mm. Exactly, and it's worth sitting down and thinking about it, I think, because yeah. um, sometimes it will tell you that you're completely off kilter and that yes. you're not where you want to be. So I think yeah. you're right, yeah. Great question to ask a, a client. So <laughs> Yeah, I, I find really, it really helps journaling things out, mm. uh, just getting a book and a, a, you know, a pen and literally just asking yourself these questions and, and asking them over and over again because I've found over time mine started to change even more. Mm. Um, so, yeah. yeah. Do you know, I, I actually bought some, um, they were supposed to be affirm. I can't say the word, affirmation cards. Oh, yes. Um, but they're actually empowering questions when they've come and they're, they're brilliant. I absolutely, I've got them here and I'm, oh, fab. and they, they've got so many questions to ask yourself. Um, so even from things like what kinds of feelings am I feeling right now? Yeah. So what kind of metaphors can I find to describe my feelings? Um, what kind of situations do I avoid? And, and so they'd be brilliant for journaling, wouldn't they? Yeah, definitely. You so, could go through the pack. <laughs> well, interestingly, when I was really going through my imposter and, and working through it and really working on my mindset, I used to ask myself a lot of questions. So I actually created a, a bunch of coaching cards mm-hmm. for people to ask, you know, to literally pull a card and ask yourself and to delve a little bit deeper. Mine's all about self-belief, mm-hmm. um, self-confidence and self-love. So it's really very similar to that I think you know using these prompts are really helpful because when you first start out you don't know what to ask yourself like what questions should I be writing or you get a journal and you look at it and it's blank and you think well what am I supposed to write in this Mm, definitely definitely getting some cards to prompt you really helps you know I'm glad you've got those 
What? You should uh, get them uh, published and as a little pack for everybody. Nice little pack. That would be lovely. Yeah, I do. They are. They're, oh, are I've they? got, yeah, I've got a product. Yeah. Oh, I'll have one. I'll buy yeah. one. <laughs> there you go. I'll, I'll be in touch. <laughs> oh, wonderful. But yeah, I, I designed them specifically for that. So oh, when, when you don't know what to ask yourself and actually you're doubting yourself, these are questions to make you think and flip your perspective, mm. to find what you're good at, to recognize your strengths um, oh. and to really build up that self-confidence. Oh, well, send me the link so we can Oh, I will do. Oh, thank you, Nicola. That's all right. It sounds brilliant. So um, from previous managers in your life, um, presumably you've had, you've had some previous managers in your I life. I have, yeah. <laughs> it's a bit of a, an assumption there, you, as you can see. Yeah. But were there anything that you learned from them that was good or bad? It was just things you would have avoided or things you, you thought was excellent and you've incorporated it into your style? Yeah, do you know, throughout my career, I've been really fortunate to have some of the most incredible bosses. Mm. And I know that today I wouldn't be where I am if it wasn't for them. Mm-hmm. My imposter kept me small. It kept me thinking that I wasn't very good. Yeah. And these people saw something in me. They believed in me. They were my biggest cheerleaders. They breathed belief into me before I had belief in myself. So mm-hmm. my career is completely down to my managers. Mm, that's brilliant. Definitely. I wouldn't have gone for the promotions. I wouldn't put myself forward. I would have stayed in those jobs that made me miserable mm-hmm. because I wouldn't think I was ready for the next step. So I think you know, managers who see potential in people who make it their job to lift others. Mm. I think they are the most incredible managers that people can have. Yeah, definitely. I think it's about um, when you are managing or leading um, is wanting to take people um, up uh, through the career ladder because you can see yeah. the potential and not being one of those managers who tries to hold people back because you don't want them to be higher up than you and that just yeah. winds me up big time if I see yeah. you behaving like that yeah I'm really thankful for my managers for teaching me that because when I then got the opportunity to be a manager my biggest thing was how can I develop these people mm. so that they're literally biting at my heels saying when you're leaving mm. I want your job mm. And I yeah. probably, you know, I put that down to them showing me the way. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's how you manage people, by lifting them and developing them. Yeah, no, I have to totally agree. That's brilliant. What would be your number one piece of advice for people who want to start their own business? Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, nothing like being put on the spot, is No, there? do you know what? It's interesting. I read um, a quote from Holly Tucker. Um, I don't know if you've come across her. No. She was the woman who, um, she's the founder of Not On The High Street. Oh, yes. And she um, shared a quote that approximately 150,000 women mm-hmm. in the UK don't start a business each year, according to men, oh. because of imposter syndrome. So this whole thing of doubting our abilities, holding ourselves back, mm. not thinking we're good enough... I think sometimes you can have the seed of a business idea. I know I definitely did, um, but I sat on it. And so I think the biggest thing I say to anyone starting a business is first of all, work on yourself. Yeah. Um, You know, really work on your mindset. 
to get yourself, like you said, doing that SWOT analysis, understand where your strengths are, you know, be aware of what your challenges are, but really understand where your strengths lie. Mm. And I think one of the biggest things that I find is people say, um, you know, I want to help people with this, but I'm still not over it myself. Mm. And I think you've got to forget that barrier. You can still help people as you're working through because the truth is we're all just evolving human beings. We're never going to be this finished article that we think we're going to be. That's so right. just get started, you know, yeah. work on yourself and just get started. Don't yeah. let your doubts hold you back. Mm, that's a really good tip for anybody listening. Yeah, I think I have to totally agree. So yeah, so many opportunities out there, but you've got to grasp them, I think. You do. And I think, but if you don't work on your mindset to mm. really start to shift your perspective, mm. you're going to hold yourself back or you're going to sabotage yourself or you're not going to take the action that you need to take. So yeah, definitely, no, if, you've, if you've got the business idea, work on that, but also work on yourself at the same time. No, I think you're right, because if you're partway through starting up your business and then your mindset starts to play up, yeah um, and you're seeing things in a very negative manner then it could sabotage you big time couldn't it yeah definitely yeah no so that's a great bit of advice there thank you <laughs> um so um trisha who or what is your inspiration that's an interesting one I don't think there's anyone in particular who inspires me. There's lots of people who I admire mm. uh, and lots of people that I follow that I love to tap into what they're saying and what they're teaching. Mm -hmm. um, nature has a big um, inspiration for me. Um, if I need inspiration, I just get outside. I get out into nature and it's amazing. Just as I start to move, ideas start to come to me. So I'd say more nature is a, a bigger inspiration than actual people mm. um, and I think about inspiration as more of a feeling mm -hmm. like feeling inspired to do something it's yeah. definitely a feeling yeah yeah exactly what um, about you inspiration for me um mm, that's a really difficult one I ask everybody this nobody's ever asked me it back <laughs> oh, wow. um, inspiration for me um, I think it's more about my family. Um, yeah. They often inspire me. Um, I look at my youngest daughter who um, is juggling five children and a career and wow. is so creative. And I look at what she's doing. I look at my oldest daughter who's um, in the NHS uh, and deals with very complex um cases that can be quite emotionally uh, draining yeah and I think she does remarkably well and then my husband he's the he's an inspiration in the fact that he's calming and he's so creative with ideas that when I'm stuck I go to him yeah and he'll just come up with them and I wish I could be like that you know? oh so, you'll have strengths that he don't have he sounds like you're a good tag team yeah i think i'm the organizational one and the, yeah. that sort of person <laughs> um and that's one of the things i love doing in in the role that i do within my business is i love going in when somebody's got 
um, a change that they want to do and I love planning it through with them and getting them to understand how to manage a change properly uh, and that just really really does get my passion going because I just think if you get it right and you can take the people with you uh, then it's going to be a huge success if you immediately don't do anything about including the people and listening to their ideas and telling them what's happening and asking them for their thoughts back wow you're going to have a disaster before you yeah. even start so yeah so oh but how lucky to have that family around yeah, you that inspire you yeah. every day and, it, and it's brilliant because like my youngest daughter um we often help her at weddings because she's a wedding photographer so my daughter goes and supports her now as a second photographer and he's only done this for a couple of years um and he's at retirement age and he never realized i don't think that he had that talent and his photos are amazing and it's just so <laughs> inspiring to see that this at any age you can change what you're doing and become so creative and really enjoy what you're doing yeah definitely definitely and i think it's interesting because I think too many of us spend time in that left part of our brain, which mm. is the logical part. I decided last year to do more creative projects. So each month I'm doing something creative. And what I'm finding is because I'm spending more time in my right brain being creative, mm. actually it's filtering into everything else that I do. So, but mm. yeah, it's never too late to start something. I'm going back to drawing and painting, which I haven't done since I was a child. Right but loving it. Mm. So you're kind of taking me back there because um, for quite a few years, and particularly after I had my heart attack, I um, did scrapbooking and I absolutely loved it. Now I always thought I wasn't creative at all. Yeah. Uh, and it was really brilliant. Now I've stopped it lately and I think you're reawakening the urge for me to actually be creative again. So yeah, yeah it definitely helps you and it does help you. Um, wherever you are, whether you're in a business or whether you're in an organization or an employee, small employers, it really helps if you can be creative, doesn't it? Yeah, if we spend too much time in that left side, we're sort of only looking at a problem with 50% of our brain. Mm. Um, so definitely. Oh, yeah. I'm, cool. I'm glad I've inspired you. Yeah. <laughs> I have a lovely little story of uh, a manager who we were all asked to put on a market store to to share what all our different areas did. Yeah. Um, and this manager sat us in a team meeting and asked us to all think about ideas. But she set the ball rolling because she said, well, what about a fairground? Why don't we do something around a fairground? And by the time she'd finished, we'd got a big wheel being built with pulling bits up and you could see all the different facts about what we did. Um, and it was a fantastic um, creative session um yeah and i really learned a lot from her from the way that she dealt with that so that was brilliant yeah plus it brings a bit of fun doesn't it and it's yeah. i've always been wanted with post-it notes stuck everywhere and mm -hmm. drawing mind maps and just all those different things but now it's it's been just creative for fun yeah you know, drawing pictures and landscapes and things that are just for no other reason but just for enjoyment mm. yeah, yeah. That's, that sounds brilliant if you started your business again from scratch would you do anything differently oh um, <laughs> i'm trying to think back to that time i think one of the things i would like to have had a little bit more structure 
Yeah. Um, and a bit more of a plan. I sort of just threw myself in and just <laughs> didn't really have a plan. <laughs> you know, I don't have any regrets. I am where I am now. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I don't, I don't look back and wish I could change anything. But if I started again, I probably would just would plan a little bit more better. <laughs> well, no, not just plan better. I would have a plan. Yeah, uh, I think I think I can um, echo that one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the enthusiasm just to get started. Yeah, uh, but actually, it's it's really important to know where you're going. Um, yeah. And I, 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 hand on heart, I had no idea. <laughs> Yeah, and, and I understand that one totally. I think I get that one. Yeah. <laughs> so that's that's brilliant that at least you can reflect back and knowing going forward, if you're going to change tax slightly, you would plan it then, knowing, yeah, knowing what you're Definitely. Gonna, Even yeah. knowing that it's a loose plan, Yeah. but at least have an idea. You know, it's like when you get in a car and you're going to drive somewhere, you program your sat-nav, you just don't drive aimlessly. It's a little bit the same with a business. You've just got to have an idea of where you're going. Mm. Um, otherwise, you're just going to be going round and round in circles. Mm. I um, went into a business on Monday and was sitting with one of the team members who's been asked to write the business plan. Yeah, uh, They've been going for a long time and they've got no business plan. And um, that was really interesting because we had a conversation around, well, so if I write this business plan, is that it? And it was, no, it's a living document. Yeah. <laughs> review it regularly and update it and oh that's all right then and that actually reassured her because she obviously felt she didn't want to just do something and it never be looked at again yeah um and I'd forgotten that um I help with business plans well enough it reminded oh. me oh because so I'm going to go yeah. in and report because when you're given something and you've never done anything like that before it's incredibly difficult to get yeah. started um so it just reminded me oh actually that's what I can help with and so that's what we're going to sit together and do so that'd be brilliant I'll, I'll and, look forward to that and you're probably right Nicola because people don't know what to do they just avoid it because mm. I didn't know you know I'd done lots of different things but because it was personally about my business and it was about me it was it, you know I'd done lots of it in my career mm. but because I had to do it now just for me mm. it's one of those things I just thought oh, well, I'll avoid it yeah it's good if you've got someone to work with so she's very lucky to have you oh thank you um so what's the biggest tip you would give leaders listening to this podcast that's a difficult one isn't it because there's probably loads but yeah um if it would only be one mm. i would say develop the art of being vulnerable Mm. Um, I think you know we talk about the numbers with imposter syndrome and you know if you think seven out of ten people in the workplace are experiencing this it's impacting the business mm. through you know they're not going for the promotions they're not um, you know they're not being creative in their thinking they're not putting their ideas forward you know they're not giving their fullest because they don't believe in themselves mm. they need someone to look up to to say I feel like this too. You know, I, the people that I do admire mm. are people who are very successful in business who talk about feeling like an imposter. Mm. They'll talk about their insecurities and doubting themselves. Mm. That for me is pure leadership, is instead of acting mm. like you've got all your shit together <laughs> and you always believe in yourself and having this front of showing the vulnerability because I think that will allow others it's it's back to the thing that you said Nicola about mental health mm. I think if leaders start to talk about 
their own vulnerabilities, it will inspire other people to take action. Mm. And I, th I think it's interesting because um, even as a manager many years ago, I would cry a lot. Um, sometimes it would be frustration. Sometimes it would be anger. Yeah. Sometimes it would be because I didn't feel I was good enough. And I, I, I had the inability to contain it when I was at work. Yeah. And I was always told that will hold you back. But you know what? It never did. No. And oh. actually, I took people with me because they could see that I felt the emotion and I can remember going around a team and asking them to um, do something and they'd all been you know ob objecting and refusing and I had tears in my eyes and they when I walked away they said to the manager Nicola's really passionate about this because she's got tears in her eyes and we can see yeah. she's really upset and the manager said yeah she is and they went well we're going to do it now yeah so it just goes to show when you, you don't intend to be like that, but sometimes it can take people with you as well. Yeah, I, I think so. You know, and, and that's, I don't have regrets, but one of the things is that I never shared when it, in my corporate career about how I felt with my imposter syndrome. Mm. I didn't feel like I would be supported. I did view it as a weakness. Mm. I did think I would be viewed differently. Mm. Um, but I think now it's talked about so much and you can work through it. I think, you know, I just think leaders have a, a responsibility to mm. allow people to know that, you know, that you don't get to a certain point and you feel okay, you can still feel vulnerable mm. and you can still feel those doubts and insecurities even when you've got to the top of where you are. No, I think you're right. I think, I think that is a tip um, that really needs emphasizing to yeah. leaders. Yeah, so thank you for that one. You're welcome. So finally, we're on the last question. Um, yes. I've really enjoyed this. So what's the yeah, biggest tip you would share with other business owners for them to take away from this podcast? Oh, I think for me, I think this is my thing, is to find, I call them my business besties, mm. is to find people who are also in business doing the same thing. You know, And it's, this is especially for people who are running a business who may be surrounded by family and friends who you love dearly but they're all employed yeah find people who are doing what you're doing and then be able to just you know create an agreement between you that you're just going to be there for each other you know you're going to help to celebrate the highs but you're going to be there for the lows and yeah. like I said you know we leave whatsapp messages for each other I'm feeling like this today mm. Or I'm having this thought, what do you think? Mm -hmm. You know, it, like I said, this has really helped with the, the thing that I talked about with the loneliness. Mm. Having people that I can call upon mm. um, just to listen to me sometimes has just been valuable. So if, you know, if you are experiencing, um, you know, feeling that loneliness or you're new out in business or you do feel a little bit isolated, just find this tribe of yours and yeah just yeah. make that connection with them and it's a reciprocal thing so it never feels like there needs to be oh I'm giving to that person but getting nothing back it's yeah. definitely it's a two-way relationship that enhances everything that I do and I don't know what I do without mine yeah uh, I think I've been very lucky that in a LinkedIn group I have found that source for me oh lovely um so that really helps and i think you're right i think you do need uh some somebody or a group of people that you can 
share and be open and honest and share yeah. your vulnerable side too. Yeah, because I think like what you said, Nicola, is like, you know, you go to networking, but you don't want to go to a networking event and say, oh, I'm worrying about this or I'm doubting this. That's right. Um, you know, you want to put your front on, and, and but you've got to find those people that you can have those conversations with because otherwise, like I said, they fester. Mm. But yeah, definitely, that's one tip is to find your people. Yeah, no, I think that's a really excellent tip to end the session on. So I really appreciate that. So that's the end of this podcast for today. Thank you, Tricia, so much for taking part. Oh, thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. No, I've really, really interesting talking to you. And I'm sure this will help a lot of people who, who perhaps are struggling a little bit with the imposter syndrome and give them something to think about and i will be getting these cards off you i think they're a brilliant idea um so let me have the link so we can share that i oh, will do thank um, you thank you trisha barker this is the people mentor signing off for today thank you listeners for listening thanks for listening we hope you enjoyed the podcast if you need any help or advice please contact nicola on Nicola Richardson at thepeoplementor.co.uk The People Mentor, driving your business forward.